Hey, it's Amy with intuitivecoachingwithamy.com. I'm continuing my masterclass on limiting beliefs that creative people often have, professional creative people. I did part one. You can find part one um, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now this is part two. And I don't know how many parts we're going to wind up having. I, I am going to attempt to um, do them all. Well, I am going to do them all but it might be four shows. So, so keep a lookout. And how do you approach this? Because I was listening back to my part one and I was like, huh, I hope I made it clear. If you hear a limiting belief that you're holding on to, I'm going to talk you out of it in the way I would talk myself out of it, in the way that I would help a client talk themselves out of it. So if that's helpful and you shift that belief, decide it's been shifted and you no longer believe that. But if you notice a belief that you're like, hmm, Amy didn't get to the root of what's going on for me, that's fine. Write down what that belief is, and then you start actively disproving that belief. Yeah? All right. In case you're new to my program, you're probably not. I'm an intuitive and a coach. I help people create the life of their dreams. If you are ready to go to your next level in your life or business, I would love to support you. Information on my services can be found at intuitivecoachingwithamy.com. Pay extra close attention to that Elevate Intuitive Coaching Package. All right, let's keep going. So next round of limiting beliefs that professional creatives often have. Money will corrupt my art. This, this is definitely a limiting belief because Nothing can corrupt your art but you. And money is just a tool. Money is neutral. Money is neither good nor bad. And so having it, in my opinion, and in actuality, I do believe, it just makes life easier, right? And when you're stressed out and worried about how you're going to pay your bills or get the supplies to do what you're going to do or get the support you need to to put your product into the world, your creative product into the world, that stress slows you down. That stress keeps you from being able to hear your intuition. That stress holds you back. So no, I don't think money will corrupt your art. Um, I don't think any can, anything can corrupt your art, really. If you're going to make it, you're going to make it. And you're going to make it from your heart. I think what this is, what this belief is referencing is that, oh, if people start buying from me, then I'm going to be swayed by their opinions and feel like I have to please everybody. But you started before everybody knew who you were, let's say, and you started making money. You started from the place of this pure, clean, wonderful thing that you're doing. And you knew you were going to put it out in the world. I think most creatives know on some level when they're just making something for practice and when they're actually creating something that's meant to be monetized. And so you knew you were going to have to share it and you knew you were going to accept some form of payment for it. So just stay in that zone of making things and receiving payment, making things and receiving payment, making things and receiving payment they don't have to intertwine with one another. So money will corrupt your art is a lie. A lie. Next, I'm not good enough to make money. Well, I just did a whole show on not good enough. 
Um, you just have to decide you're good enough. It's the only true way to deal with it and stop comparing yourself to other people and stop listening to critics and opinions that are not rooted in your industry from someone that may not be your target your target customer or buyer, right? So you are good enough. You are good enough. You're always good enough. You're good enough right now. Just decide. So you are good enough to make money. And it's a lie to believe otherwise. Next, I need a spouse or a partner to support me to be full-time creative. I'll read it again. I need a spouse or partner to support me to be a full-time creative. How do I want to approach this? There's so many ways you can. Well, A, we're all responsible for ourselves, right? And you get to decide how much money you make in your business. And you being able to do your business is based on your desire to do it. And it, it doesn't have anything to do with if you have somebody supporting you. Um, I don't think your spouse or your partner should be your patron. No. I, I think that. Um, you just have to figure it out. I'm a single woman. I figure it out every single month. I have to figure it out, right? And so you can definitely be a full-time creative, a full-time business owner without having a spouse or partner. And if you are looking at being full-time and that you need a spouse or partner, there's probably something going on with your sense of self and your, your confidence about your work that is the real issue. It's not whether or not your spouse or partner will support you. It's about will you energetically support yourself? Because when you do that, then the money will show up. So be willing. And that's that can be challenging for people. I'm not denying that. That there is, you know, there are ways in which we can approach taking care of ourselves financially that is so deeply rooted in lack and um and behaviors that don't serve us well, that it can create this sense of, of inadequacy and inability to support ourselves. Uh, I would say if you think this is a limiting belief you have, I would, I would strongly recommend that you Google under earning. There's a 12 step program for under earning. There are lots of books out there around under earning and look into that and do some work around that because that's probably the real issue which has nothing to do with money and has nothing to do with the amount of work available and has nothing to do with whether you have a spouse or partner supporting you. And it has everything to do with your, your lack and limitation. And just do the work. Don't feel bad about it. Just do the work. Make different choices. Learn how to make different choices. Know what the triggers are where you hold back and you don't show up for yourself, where you feel like you need to be supported by somebody else. Just do the work. It's totally fine. Be kind and loving to yourself through the process. And don't give up. Um, yes. So under-earning, there is an under-earning anonymous. And then there are lots of books on under-earning. And it can be uncomfortable as you're going through um, those materials. Uh, because you think, oh, no, this must mean I'm bad. Don't, don't do that with yourself. But figure it out. Work through it. And overcome it. Because you can. Next limiting belief, creatives aren't well paid. Creatives aren't well paid, that's a lie. 
you get paid what you feel you are a match to and you have to feel you have to know you have to believe right um it, when you are struggling with say something like under earning you might take less but it doesn't mean the world's not going to pay you what you're worth because you're creative so that's a lie uh, the economy is bad so it's hard to attract buyers for my creative works the economy has nothing to do with your business and yes you might have to shift things from time to time, right? I know a lot of people during the pandemic had to make shifts and changes. And so that's just a part of being human on this planet in this lifetime, but it doesn't have anything to do with your ability to be successful. So the economy being bad is not a sign that it's going to be hard to attract buyers. You just have to let people know and keep telling them and keep telling them and keep telling them, right? Keep telling them and keep telling them and keep telling them. So it doesn't matter what the economy is doing. Next, I can only sell lots of work during certain events. Well, if you are limiting yourself to selling, say it's a, in the book business, it would be, the limiting belief is you can only sell around a release, which I had to take a sledgehammer to that belief. I worked on that one because it's so ingrained in the author community. Oh, you can only sell around release. You can only sell around a release. And I've said this many times in this program. I was like, wait a minute. It's a product. It's always available. Why would I not be selling it? Why do I need to constantly be releasing work when I have things available for sale? So the same goes for telling yourself you can only sell at this festival or you can only sell um, at this type of um, convention or you can only sell at, at um, yeah, just let go of that. Or you can only sell on this platform. Be open to all the ways that you can sell. Choose the ones that feel right and true to you. But if it's starting to feel limiting, be willing to expand, be willing to break free and break out of ruts and routines and try something else. You know, I, I, I think that is a recipe for um, disaster. Not just that that thing could go away, right? It's not just that. It's that you're so attached to that that you're unwilling to pivot and Pivoting is what we do as humans. That's how we thrive. That's how we survive as we pivot. Oh, this shifted. Okay, I'm ready to shift with it. Nine times out of 10, when the world shifts, something in you is also already ready to shift. So believe that you can sell any way and at any time, no matter what's going on in the world. And then you just choose the ways in which you want to sell. Next, my work is hard to sell. My my work is hard to sell. And more on that. Uh, it's a common limiting belief. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be. I'm when I'm I want you to know about this belief about your work being hard to sell. By holding that belief, that is why the work becomes hard to sell. You approach it like I, you know, my brother used to do underground art shows in LA and I would go to his events. Sometimes I'd, you know, work with him, but most of the time I just was there to hang out and have a good time. It was 
such a beautiful time in in underground art culture uh, that no longer exists because they weren't very safe. But it was really fun while it, while the going was good, and um, there were artists that would show, and you would look at their work, and it wasn't that it wasn't good work. It was that you you could feel that they went into it with this attitude of their work won't sell. And I think when you take that approach from the get-go, then that makes this belief true. But I want to encourage you, when you sit down to make anything that's meant to be monetized, go into it with the perspective of my work will sell. My work always sells. This piece will sell. This work will sell. This book will sell. Absolutely. It will sell a lot, right? If you have something that's scalable, it will sell a lot. Next, the energy, the the limiting belief of I can't afford that. This is just a common money belief, but I would really want to, I'd encourage anybody, especially creatives, to just decide you can afford it. You can afford it. You can afford it. Oh, I saw your creator had a um, cool like post on on YouTube. I guess they, they can now like make like a post and I had screenshotted it and I'll share it because I think it's a great way to combat I can't afford it. And I turned it into a ritual and I'll tell you how I did it. So this is their message. Make it your intention to look at everything and say, I can afford that. I can buy that. Speak things into existence. That's you, you are a creator from you are a creator. So what I did, like I went recently, I just went through some things in my own life and I was like, I can afford, I can afford that. I can buy that. I can afford that. I can buy that. And I went line by line by line of the things I can afford that. I can buy that. I can afford that. I can buy that. And what you're doing is you're shifting the energy around that situation energetically using your words to create your reality. And your words are powerful. You speak things into existence all the time without knowing it. So now do it intentionally. So if let's say it's, I'm looking at editors and there's a great editor and, and she's five times what I've ever paid. The way I would approach it is, I was like, do I really, really want to work with this person? That's always the first step. And I'm like, yes, she sounds like she's so great. And I interview her and I talk to her and I'm like, yes, she's great. Then I would spend my weekend. I would, this, this is the way I would approach it is I can afford that. I can buy that. I can afford that. I can buy that. Or I can afford that. I can pay that. And I would visualize myself paying the invoice. I can afford that. I can pay that. I would see the invoice in my mind, see the number. I can afford that. I can pay that. 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 And I do it all weekend long. I mean, I'd live and watch TV and cook dinner and take naps and work and do all the things I do. But, you know, in between those moments, I'd, I'd stop probably two or three times in that weekend um, each day and, and, visualize that invoice. I can afford that. I can pay that. I can afford that. I can pay that. I can afford that. I can pay that. And that helps clear the energy of the limiting belief. I can't afford that. Try it. Make it your own. 
Next limiting belief. I can't charge more than other creatives in my field. Some of you are, some of you are probably like, oh, Amy, I know how to do this one. I can do this one. A, don't compare yourself to anybody else, right? You're your own business and only you can manage your own business and you can charge whatever you want, right? So what other people are doing should have nothing to do with the way you price. And um, don't even compare yourself. Now, I think it's very fair to go through and as you're trying to get an idea of what would be right for you and what's going on in your industry, maybe you've, I see this a lot with coaches. I, over the last six months, I've worked with a lot of coaches just really magically. They've just shown up in my world. It's been so fantastic. And I will always say, go look, see what other people are up to, not from the place of copying them and not from the place of that's all the market will bear or, or I can't do it my way. I have to do it the way everybody else is doing. Not from that vantage point, just to get a sense and see where your intuition starts to guide you and, and lead you accordingly. You get to do it your own way. So release the belief that you have to compare yourself to others in your field and release the belief that you have to price yourself based on what other people are doing in your field. Next limiting belief. I have to do things I don't like to sell my creative work. I, and my guess is that that is in reference to like, oh, I have to sell. <laughs> well, um, if you are really uncomfortable with putting yourself out there, then you might need to rethink being a professional creative. Just keep it as a hobby, you know, get, get a different type of job. But even as I've said in part one, even a different type of job is going to require that you put yourself out there. You have to apply for it. You have to show up to the interview. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, decide you like it to the degree to which you need to like it. You know, I pick things now. There were definitely times where I was doing things I didn't like, and and I, I didn't do it for very long. I, I am pretty good with that. I don't stay in situations I don't like for very long. Even when I was a little kid, before I knew anything about manifestation and law of attraction, I just was always like, this doesn't feel good, so I don't want to do it. Let's move on. Um, but the times that I have done things that I don't like, I quit. I quit. I do something else. So you don't have to do anything you don't like. I would encourage you not to do things you don't like doing. You can't sustain it. You need the feel good to keep you going. Because as you're figuring out, as I'm describing this to you, at any given time, the work you'll do in your business, the work you'll do as a creative professional might fluctuate. And that's totally okay. And you want to be available for those times where you, you need to put more energy into your business. And so if you're doing things you don't like to do, it will make it really difficult when you do need to do a, a little more, make the additional call, do the additional show, um, create more work. It'll make it really difficult because you'll, you'll start to burn out. So I have to do things I don't like to sell my creative work. That's a lie. And I would strongly encourage you to only do things that you do like. And there is this school of thought, um, hire it out. 
if you don't like doing it, that works too. That works too. So you can know if, you, if there's something in your business you really don't like doing, find find a resource, find uh, hire somebody to do it. Um, yeah. Next limiting belief. If I was meant to be successful, I would be making good money by now. Um, your past has nothing to do with your present, first and foremost. So what you were doing in the past to be successful or not successful does not impact what you what is possible for you in the immediate. And um, if you're meant to be successful, of course you're meant to be successful. I, I it's it's so crazy how we've developed this limiting belief that there's a question mark if it's going to work, right? I think that that I think that's that's been the biggest shift in my own consciousness. And it is, it's so prevalent in our world. There's this question mark, will I be successful? Yes, you will be successful because you will make yourself successful. You'll do the work to be successful. You'll believe in your success. You'll hold that you're only successful. If it's always a question mark around your success, only you can get rid of that question mark. And yes, culturally, we live in a world like that where people are like, will it be successful? And, and I think I, I can understand why it exists. We see businesses go in and out of business all the time. But that doesn't have anything to do with, with whether it was meant for them to be in business. Something shifted. Something changed. They wanted to do something different. We, we make a lot of um, inference. Inference. I can see the word in my, the spelling of it. Inference about why people quit their business or why people don't succeed in business. And we don't really know what's going on there, right? They could have made a, a, a wrong choice around something and then we're underwater. And instead of trying to continue the business, they'd rather just pay off that and move on to something else. We don't know why people are not successful in business. And even if you did a YouTube on if you search how to be successful in business, you would get five gazillion different people's opinions. And you might see some overlap there. Yes, I think there are some general wisdoms that can be beneficial in business. But this idea that whether something is meant for you or not, just stop questioning that. If you feel called, if you want to do it, if it feels right to you, if you're fired up about it, if you're excited about it, then it's meant for you. It's meant for you. And then in terms of the, the making the money, again, that's a choice. It really is a choice. And it's, it's learning how to, how to really embody the energy of money in your life and allowing money in and releasing limiting beliefs and perspectives and energies that keep money away from you. Uh, talking about how, how broke you are will keep money away from you. Talking about how you can't afford it will keep money away from you. Talking about people are, nobody's making good money right now will keep money away from you. It, it, yeah, I can go on and on about this. Um, it's up to you. It's up to you. So, so be willing to make the choice that feels good to you. Choose to believe that you get to be prosperous no matter what. You get to be successful no matter what. 
Next limiting belief, if people buy my work, they'll discover I'm no good. Um, it's so silly. It's so silly because they bought it, right? <laughs> because they were drawn to it, because they were interested in it, because they wanted it. Are you hiding? Are you lying? Like, like that whole limiting belief doesn't make any sense. Who is this? Like they, people make choices about how they use their money. And so obviously that something about the work felt good to them. And so they paid for it. And, um, and even if they loved it and then bought it, bought it, and then five years later, they don't like it anymore. People change. That's, that doesn't have anything to do with your talent. So, so this is a, a wacky belief. If people buy my work, they'll discover I'm no good. And here's the thing. I have had this very wacky belief. <laughs> I have had this wacky, wacky, wacky belief. It makes no sense if you really break it down. Like, or I'm not lying, right? I, I, in terms of like, say a book, like, oh yeah, they have to read the whole book and they, then they'll, they'll figure out. I'm like, my, they get to see the preview. They see that my writing style, just even in my description, like I'm very specific about my description. So people know what they're getting. There's no way they wouldn't know if the work is good. Yes. They, they can't read the whole story, but yeah, the same energy at the beginning of the book is going to be in the middle and it's going to be at the end. And, you know, I pay a whole team to make sure that that effect happens. I work very diligently to make sure that effect happens. But yet still, I held the belief that if people buy my work, they'll discover I'm no good, which is just a lie. It's just a lie. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Decide that when people buy their buy your work, that it's their decision and their choice, and their opinion has no impact on your work. Also decide that nine times out of ten, especially in this day and age, people are buying things that they actually want. So some part of them is already drawn to it, and they made the choice to pull out of their pocket and, you know, digitally give you money or cash to for your work. So it's good. It's good to them. It's good to you. Now I will say this. Don't, I don't think anybody listening in my program is in this bracket, but don't put work out that you don't believe in, you know, do the very best that you can. Don't be a perfectionist about it because nothing will ever be perfect. Put your best foot forward. But if it's, you know, if you think it's shitty and you're, you're being scammy or something, don't do that. Right? Like, but I don't think that's anybody listening to this show because yeah good work out in the world. You are enough. You are enough. If I enjoy my work, I shouldn't charge much for it. Very, 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 very common limiting belief. Very, 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 very common limiting belief. If I enjoy my work, I shouldn't charge much for it. Very, very common limiting belief. Just let it go. I've, I've talked about it in previous podcasts about this belief. It's been coming up a lot. If I enjoy my work, I shouldn't charge much for it. It's a lie. Because your joy, the fact that you feel that degree of joy and you made it is why you should charge what you want to charge. Um, 
work doesn't have to be hard. Embedded in this limiting belief is the belief that, oh, I can't get paid unless it's so, I'm so miserable doing the job and I'm near death and then I will accept payment. But that's not, that's not accurate. You, you don't have to put yourself through that. So you're allowed to charge what you want to charge and you're allowed to enjoy charging for the, the work that you enjoy doing. <laughs> I'm only as good as my last work. That's also a lie. That's a lie. Um, you're as good as your body of work. You're as good as you want to be on any given day. You're as good as you believe yourself to be. Um, yeah. That's the language of critics, like old school, old school um, critics and, and entertainment and um, where we had very limited media resources. And so people relied very heavily on these critics that wrote about things and, oh, they're only as good as their last work. We don't have to live under that banner anymore. We have media, our ability to put work in the world is so vast. So yeah, release the belief that you're only as good as the last piece you did, the last thing you sold. You're good every single day to the degree to which you want to be good. Next, if I start making a lot of money, it will taint my art. This is very much like the corrupt um, limiting belief. <clears throat> uh, money won't taint your art unless you make it taint your art. But chances are it's not just tainting. You're not, you're the one tainting your art. Uh, you're using, you're blaming it on money. And um, chances are if you are allowing an, a big influx of cash in your life to wreak havoc on your systems and your way of being and your lifestyle, it's your art's not the only thing that's suffering. You know, you probably need to spend some time with a, a money coach, a financial planner and a therapist. If you're letting a large sum of money just destroy you. No, it's a blessing, except that it's a blessing and your work will still be amazing. You got, you made the money from your work being amazing. So it's a lie that if you start making a lot of money, it will taint your art. Um, next, there is no security in a career as a creative. It's also a lie. That's also a lie. We create our security from within us. And you put systems in place. When you believe that you can be secure, you'll start to put systems in place so that you are secure, right? Um, you'll save for your retirement. You will... Um, save money, buy the house, do the thing that makes you feel secure. It's different for every person. But if you decide that you're meant to be secure in this lifetime, you're going to do the things that make you feel secure. And so it's not, no career is, is, is your source of security. Your security comes from within you. So who cares if you're creative or if you're a doctor? A doctor can lose their job. And, um, you know, a, a set designer can lose their job, right? So you just do your be the best you can, and you, you're always mindful that things change and shift. You're not afraid of it. You're just aware. And that, that sense of security comes from within you. And just keep doing the best you can at any given moment. Next, if I become rich... 
that's great. If not, that's fine too. Um, why this one is a limiting belief? Because basically you just took your whole matrix of success that you're supposed to be creating for yourself and living out and playing out and just throwing it to the universe and throwing it to the world to decide how things go for you. And it's a very disempowering place. So I would say choose what you want to do. Choose what success looks like to you and work that. This is lazy. If I become rich, that's great. If not, that's fine too. That's just lazy, not taking responsibility for your own journey. I, I don't think that's a go with the flow attitude either. Go with the flow is a very high vibrational spiritual practice. Um, yeah. I think that people hide behind that type of mentality. Like, oh, money's not a big deal to me. Money's a big deal. We live in a capitalist society. Everything costs money. So, um, and it's better to have more of it. Next, I don't feel good enough about my work to be rich. This is rooted in not good, feeling not good enough or not enoughness. And so you just have to decide that you are good enough. Period. You are good enough. No matter what, you're good enough. You're good enough. You're good enough. And you get to earn well. But first and foremost, you're good enough. And if you just hold that belief, then all your, I do believe most of your financial struggles will go away. So um, you are good enough. You're always good enough. You're good enough. That's why you're a professional. Why bother to earn more when I'll just have to pay more taxes? Taxes, okay. Taxes are good. Taxes are cool. Um, I would much rather pay 50 odd percent and make the amount of money that would require that I pay 50 odd percent. And that's, that structure is coming from the factoring in the federal as well, um, the federal tax schedule or what is it? Brackets as well as my state, I live in California, my state tax bracket. So after a certain point, for me, it becomes 50, it looks like 51%. That's not true for everybody. And just look at the tax brackets and decide where you want to be and pay your taxes. Taxes are good. Taxes are good. It's much better to have money than not. It's much better to have money and pay taxes than to make so very little money that you're you're crying to get by. So um, you won't miss it if you plan for it too. That's the other piece. As When I'm playing with numbers, I play with big numbers all the time. When I'm playing with big numbers, I've now gotten myself trained so much. I've played with these numbers that I don't even look at, let's say something like $5 million. I know I look at $5 million and I say, oh, that's 2.5 million. That's what I take home. I don't even think about the next 2.5. Like, oh, I know that goes, the, that goes to the various tax agencies, right? Of course, you know, you'll get an accountant and you'll, you'll figure out what deductions you can, you, that are available to you. But um, that's pretty spot on for a single person in California over a certain income. And just look at it. You know, it's like, it's, this is the other way I've trained myself around taxes. Is It's very much like 
I do all my payment transactions through PayPal. I know PayPal's gonna take a fee without fail. They're gonna take a fee on my transfer. And I so then I don't look at that when I'm figuring calculating what I should price something. I have a PayPal calculator. It's a website. So it tells me, oh, if you want to bring this home, you need to charge this. And if you charge that, PayPal's going to deduct that. So I already know going in what, what it's going to look like. So I just think of it that way. Same with taxes. Yeah, it's more. Taxes are more than, than the PayPal percentage. But my mind's now already trained around it. So just train your mind to not see $5 million. It's two and a half. And yes, you'll get a great accountant and you'll probably be able to figure out how to um, hold on to a little more of that. But just look at it that way. That's the easiest. And I've played with it a lot of different ways, but that's the easiest. So it's totally fine to earn more money and pay more taxes. Next limiting belief. If I'm a successful creative, my friends will be jealous. Why? That has nothing to do with being a creative. And um, why would you have any friends that would be jealous of you? Get rid of those friends. I don't want that energy in my life. And I would encourage you, don't, don't kick it with people. Don't surround yourself with people. Don't interact with people that you feel like would be jealous of you. So you have to hold yourself back from succeeding. Be willing to release this belief. It's it's terrible. It's saying, oh, you have to have terrible friends, and then you have to hold yourself back. And if you do get successful, those terrible friends are going to make you feel bad about being successful. Do you see what a mess that whole scenario, a whole story is? Pick people that are going to celebrate your success and go and be the successful person you want to be, no matter whether you're creative or not. Um, I would resent success, and this is another limiting belief. I resent successful creatives. Uh, why? Why do you resent anybody? If there's something that you want, go for it. Right? If there's something that you want, go for it. I'm going to continue this series. I got to get on a call. Uh, if you're looking for a coach and you're you're hearing. You're cringing as you're listening to these limiting beliefs. You're like, oh, oh, I'm holding that. I'm holding that. I want you to get excited by your cringing because that means you're getting clear about what's going on within you that might be getting in the way of your success. So be willing to start to clean up your consciousness and choose a new belief. You don't have to believe any of these things, right? These are just common beliefs floating around energetically in our world that we attach energy to and we start acting out of that energy and then we wonder why we're not getting where we want to be in our creative businesses so be willing to release these beliefs and be willing to believe that you can always prosper whether you're creative or whether you're in another profession you always get to prosper you always get to share your work you always get to be around people you like and uh, there's no competition here it's just you and you you and you and you. That's it. All right. I'm Amy of Intuitive Coaching with Amy. If you're looking for a coach, I would love to support you. Information on my services can be found at intuitivecoachingwithamy.com. And while you're on my website, take a look at that Elevate Intuitive Coaching Package. I look forward to connecting with you again on the next podcast. Take care of yourself. Thank you for listening.